All right, thank you, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for being with us. Right down our toll-free number this Monday, it is 800-941-SHAWN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, the Supreme Court of the United States, as we learned on Friday, has uh, now taken up the issue of Colorado and whether or not you can kick Donald Trump off the ballot using the 14th Amendment, Article 3, and uh, it's not going to happen. I can't imagine or envision any scenario in which that would be allowed to happen. Number one, Donald Trump was never charged with insurrection. Nobody's been charged with insurrection, let alone convicted of insurrection, which is exactly what that amendment to our Constitution is referring to. It was interesting over the weekend I saw that Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft uh, threatened to remove President Biden from the ballot in response to the decisions by Colorado and Maine to try and ban Donald Trump from their ballots. He called it disgraceful, said it undermines our republic, and he expects the the Supreme Court to overturn this. It should be a 9-0 opinion, but, you know, I'm out of the prediction business when it comes to what what way the Supreme Court justices are going to come down on a decision, but... If you're not charged and you're not convicted and you're not and your office is not even specifically mentioned, which it is not. And I don't think that the people that that framed that wrote the 14th Amendment, uh, I don't believe that they did. So uh, kept the president out of there by accident. I believe it was on by design uh, and no one's convinced me otherwise. But anyway, he said he expects the Supreme Court to overturn this. If not, secretaries of state will step in and ensure that the new legal standard for Donald Trump applies equally to Joe Biden. Well, the case can be made now that an impeachment inquiry begins this week into Alejandro Mayorkas uh, as to whether or not Joe Biden uh, has uh, literally not followed through on his oath of office to uphold our Constitution and, and that being on the issue of immigration that he's violated our laws of aiding and abetting those people entering the country illegally and providing them free transportation to, to the state of their choice. President doesn't get to pick and choose. We do have co-equal branches of government. We have separation of powers. And Joe Biden doesn't get to pick and choose which laws he's going to enforce and which laws he's not going to enforce. That's not the way it works. We learned on a podcast, Jay Sheedy's, I've never heard of this before, On Purpose podcast released today, uh, Michelle Obama complaining that she is terrified about what could possibly happen in this year's presidential election. Is she saying, in other words, that she has no confidence in Joe? Because that's what it sounds like to me. She said, because our leaders matter. Who we select speaks for us. Who speaks for us? Who holds that bully pulpit? It affects us in ways that sometimes I think people take for granted, she went on to say, we cannot take this democracy for granted, and sometimes I worry that we do, and those are the things that keep me up. And she said the future of artificial intelligence education, whether the public is too stuck to their phones and voter engagement among her chief concerns. Uh, Anyway, she was asked about, the, the phrase she famously uttered in 2016, when they go low, we go high, and how it evolved. And without mentioning him by name, Michelle Obama appeared to condemn Trump. The tone, the tenor, the message matters. We can just say that the first thing that comes to our minds, the, the becoming author said, this is not authenticity to me. That's childish. 
<clears throat> oh, is that like every Democrat now saying that the very Democrats that don't want Donald Trump to even be on the ballot to allow the people to decide are the very ones saying democracy is in jeopardy and that the, our, our system of government is in jeopardy. And Biden's saying that the fight for democracy is at the heart of his 2024 rematch with, with Donald Trump. And if you want to defend democracy, make sure you can't vote for Trump. And then Biden strategically comparing Trump to Nazis to raise the stakes of, of everything. He delivered this speech and said that Trump is echoing this same exact language used in Nazi Germany. Okay, they go low, we kick them, the Eric Holder strategy. Anyway, as a result of that speech, Biden did raise a whopping $1 million online uh, just by going on. Well, we can see which way Biden is going here. Biden doesn't have anything to run on. This is what I said the very first day back. I said, buckle up, because this is going to be what the election year for Democrats is going to be about. Democracy is in peril. They're going to say January 6th, January 6th. They'll leave out the parts that would be uh, exculpatory, just like the January 6th committee did. I mean, they had a predetermined outcome. They stuck to it the whole time. Never mind that the Capitol Police chief said repeatedly, even on this show and on my TV show, that there were many, many signs of that they had actionable intelligence. Never mind even Lester Hope on NBC News reported it. Never mind Trump said to peacefully and patriotically march to the Capitol so your voices will be heard. That never got played during the January 6th committee hearings. Jim Clyburn also echoing the comments of Michelle Obama that she's that he's very concerned about black voter turnout for Biden. Well, what, what has Biden done for any demographic group? Why, do, why break down demographically? The country's suffering. And this goes to the heart of what I'm telling you to brace yourself for which is going to be a political, emotional roller coaster if you care about the country and the direction of the country, and you can't name a single policy that Biden's implemented that has been effective and has made your life better, or a single foreign policy issue that he's, he's good on, because they don't exist. You know, I noticed that Biden, the campaign, brought a bunch of top journalists to Wilmington, Delaware, over the weekend to meet top officials. Well, that's basically them being fed their talking points. So they will just echo everything that the Biden campaign wants the message. That's all that is. That's pretty much the 2020 strategy anyway. But if you want to talk about if they go low, we go high. No, they go low. We kick them. I think it's the Eric Holder. We go low and we kick them. Biden's away. We nearly lost America on January 6th. Well, if we had all this intelligence, why didn't we act on it? Forget what Sean Hannity reports. NBC News' Lester Holtz reported that. Actionable intelligence ignored. That would be an intelligence failure. You know, why not listen to the, the Capitol Police chief who was originally against the guard being called up, but in the days leading up to January 6th, three years ago, he saw intelligence and he was desperately trying to have guard troops on standby and nobody wanted to pay attention to him. I don't recall him ever being interviewed by the January 6th committee. You know, there's certain details they want to omit here. It's, it's for, for example, why didn't the sergeant of arms get questioned? Why didn't Nancy Pelosi's text messages, emails, phone calls, why, why didn't they get subpoenaed? You know, Chuck Schumer, same thing. Why not the sergeant of arms? They're the ones that supposed to, are supposed to be in charge. What did they know in terms of actionable intelligence that they didn't act on? You know, why does everyone ignore that 
I have four interviews with four people in the days leading up to January 6th. Trump himself, Cash Patel, who was the chief of staff of the then acting defense uh, secretary, Miller. Miller says it himself. And uh, also we, we had in the meeting Mark Meadows. And they all said the same thing. Trump said, do we need National Guard troops? Muriel Bowser, the D.C. mayor that would have had to sign off on it in writing, didn't sign off on it. So it wasn't going to happen. But why let that get in the way? You know, and then, of course, you know, just like everything else Joe Biden does, it becomes an unmitigated disaster. If you haven't seen the tape, we'll air it for you tonight. But this is going to be their whole campaign strategy. And Joe Biden had to be let off stage by Jill Biden literally walking him off stage like a child after he read a speech that we know somebody else wrote for him. I don't even think he's capable of writing the speech, you know, filled with his hatred and his vitriol and his blame and democracies in peril and, you know, making Nazi comparisons and and calling Trump every name in the book. Well, it's certainly convenient because then he doesn't have to talk about his disastrous border policies. He doesn't have to talk about his disastrous economic policies he doesn't have to talk about, you know, anything of real significance to the American people. He doesn't have to talk about war in Europe and his handling of it, his part of it. He botched or the fact that he's not been supportive of Israel in reality. He's saying one thing publicly, and I'm being told by the highest level officials in Israel. He's saying other things behind the scenes, telling basically Israel to lay down and 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 give up and surrender and have a ceasefire that's permanent. Well, they killed what would be the equivalent of, if you extrapolate population out, 40,000 Americans in a day. Anyway, Biden was mocked for appearing days confused and mumbling and bumbling and stumbling after his anti-Trump speech when his own wife has to go out there and escort him off the stage. It's getting worse. I can't think of a Joe Biden public appearance in the last number of months. I don't know, four or five months where everything has gone well where he's been able to get through a speech, get off the stage and not look dazed, confused and mumbling and mumbling. You know, cognitive decline is something that is degenerative. It never gets better. It only gets worse. And I don't care what medication somebody might be on. It might might buy you time. It might give you a few hours during the day where you're more lucid than you would otherwise be. But it's certainly not you know, enough to get to get anybody through. Now, we have this great mystery about our defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, who was hospitalized at Walter Reed on the 1st of January, where he still remains. But here's the here's the scary part. This is our secretary of defense. His hospitalization was kept secret for days from top administration officials. Apparently, it was an elective surgery that had complications. And now we're learning that Not even Joe Biden himself knew. How is it possible that President Biden didn't notice that his own defense secretary had been missing in action for this length of time? And whatever happened to the transparency that the Biden administration promised that they would implement? I thought they were going to be trans. They're not transparent. I know. Well, even the deputy who covered for the defense secretary, Austin, didn't even know that he was hospitalized, according to one press report. The Pentagon press secretary, Major General Pat Ryder, on fake news CNN, saying that uh, Austin transferred certain operational responsibilities that require constant secure communication capabilities 
on January 2nd, the day after he was admitted to Walter Reed. Throughout the week, they made some routine operational and management decisions, but they didn't even tell the president. I think if anybody else did this, I think rightly so, head, heads would roll. You know, you know, what's worse is Biden didn't even know that his own defense secretary was missing, nor did National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. He only noticed that he wasn't at a meeting. It wasn't until the Pentagon let Sullivan know, but that wasn't until Thursday of last week. So anyone thinking that the nation is well-led despite Biden's, you know, feebleness, better think again because uh, what if if we had a national security crisis at the time? By the way, can somebody get the defense secretary? We can't find him. Anyone know where he is? No, we don't know. He's been missing in action for a number of days. I mean, you would think somebody's head would roll here. You think somebody would get fired for this? Probably Secretary Austin himself would be held accountable because he is responsible for the decision. But there is a growing outcry among members of Congress about the secrecy over his hospitalization. But, you know, they, they talked a big game about transparency. But I would say that they failed that test by a long shot. It's pretty outrageous not to know that your own Secretary of Defense is missing in action. That, that's, that's somewhat problematic. We do have some news on the Hunter Biden front. Republicans now will move to hold Hunter in contempt this week. Ultimately, a decision to charge would have to come from the guy appointed by Hunter's father. Uh, Hunter Biden is indeed held in contempt by the House of Representatives. The U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves will have a big decision to make. In other words, will Hunter get the exact same treatment as people like Steve Bannon or people like Peter Navarro? Or does he get an exception as usual because his last name is Biden? I would imagine it will be the latter. That's my guess. But anyway, they're going to take those steps this week. The president's son refused for a sit-down closed-door deposition, which is the natural process. He's also been offered after he does a sit-down interview to do a public hearing. Uh, Anyway, the committee's meeting Wednesday of this week on a resolution recommending that the House find Hunter Biden in contempt for refusal to comply with a subpoena. And by the way, that should result in the same actions that people like Bannon and Navarro had to face. I don't think it's that complicated. All right, holidays have come, holidays have gone. If you're like most people, you spend more than you, you want to, just the, the nature of the holiday. But anyway, there's one way to start saving money, not sacrificing service this new year, and that is all of us have cell phones. Make the switch to this veteran-owned company, Pure Talk. Uh, they have better plans. They use the exact same cell towers as the big carriers, AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile. Right now, Pure Talk has unlimited plans starting at only 20 bucks a month. You get the same exact 5G network. You get the same exact cell towers, and you get plans for 20 bucks a month. Try and get that from a big carrier. Good luck with that. Anyway, it's a company that shares your values. You get the same service. Average family saving close to $1,000 a year. The switch is simple. It is fast. It is easy. You dial pound 250. You say the keyword, save now. Do it now. You save an additional 50% off your first month. Pound 250, keyword, save now from our friends at Pure Talk.